I've been getting in my steps, lifting weights, and now I'm trying really hard to get as much protein as I can. That's why I'm excited about trying Clean Simple Eats because they're just that, clean and simple. Their protein powder is always grass-fed with no seed oils or artificial ingredients. It's third-party tested and non-GMO and gluten-free. They've got 26 delicious all-natural flavors. You really can't go wrong with any of them. They've got Simply Vanilla and other unique flavors like cookies and cream, caramel toffee, and even cinnamon roll. I have a feeling my entire family may just like Clean Simple Eats protein powder, and they're probably going to use it every day because it's so easy to put into your milk or a recipe my daughter loves to bake or in a smoothie, which my son loves to drink almost every day. You can It's amazing really in any form. Visit cleansimpleeats.com and use the code ASKLISA20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's cleansimpleeats.com with the code ASKLISA20 for 20% off your first order. Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. This is Ask Lisa, a podcast to help people understand the psychology of parenting, now in the midst of a pandemic. Psychologist Dr. Lisa Damore, author of two New York Times best-selling parenting books, takes your questions. And I'm co-host Rena Ninen, a journalist and mom of two. Some of what we talk about comes from raising children ourselves. Most of the time, I'll be getting answers to your parenting questions. So send your questions to asklisa at drlisademore.com. Episode 24, my daughter is questioning her gender. What do I do? My brother, whose daughter is in kindergarten, had her first play date outside and didn't know what to do because Hmm. she hasn't been in school yet. And it was sort of this awkward stage, he was saying, but it made me think about the milestones that kids are missing in this pandemic. Of course, they'll make it up, but you can't help but think what your child is missing. Yeah, yeah. No, it's... um, And play dates are hard under normal conditions. And I I can't even picture, at least he's in Texas, where I presume they can be outside pretty comfortably. That's exactly right. And that's what's made all the difference. And uh, one of the letters that we got in our inbox today stood out about some of the things that you might not be thinking about as a parent, but as a community, how can we help people and, and how can we help our kids? And this one says, Dear Lisa, about a month ago, I found evidence that my 14 year old daughter, who's a freshman in virtual high school, had changed her pronouns from she, her, to they, them. I immediately mentioned it, and she confirmed it, and also said that she wants to wear a chest binder. I've been plunged into sadness, anger, and embarrassment. Simply talking to her has become a minefield. How can I possibly come back to the loving and connected space I thought we had just a few short weeks ago? As a single mom to an only child, I walk a tight rope. 
where I'm fine financially, emotionally, unless something goes wrong, that my only child would bring this stress upon us has me so angry. I understand that she sees this quite differently. Please help. God, there's so much in this letter that there just is makes so much. What what do you say to this mom? Ooh. Um, well, the first thing I would say is this is really complicated. And that's important, I think, as a position to begin with. And I think this mom is well aware of that. But this is something that you sometimes see the conversation get very, very polarized very quickly, where there's this sense of like, this is not okay for this kid to do this, or we have to support this kid 100%, you know, questioning is a terrible thing to do. And and I, you know, I walk up to this as a psychologist. I'm like, okay, this is really complicated. And and I guess the place that I would want to enter this is to set apart from each other outcome and process. So here's what I mean. This kiddo's 14. I've seen a lot of different outcomes from the moment this mother is describing. So, for instance, sometimes kiddos in this position do go on over time to really deepen a sense that they don't like the gender they were assigned at birth, do feel that they identify much more closely with the opposite gender, and continue to evolve into a position where they really outwardly change their gender and have always felt like that the new outward gender fits with their internal sense of gender. So sometimes that's the outcome. Okay, that's one. Another outcome that I see is that, you know, gender is fluid. It's interesting to hear you say gender is fluid. What do you mean by that? Like, I've always known that I'm attracted to guys, right? But are you saying to me that that can change for me? Well, that's interesting. So there's gender and there's sexual orientation. So mm. those two things are also separate from each other, which is, I mean, when I say this is complicated, it is super yeah. complicated. Okay, so yep. let's take, let's start there. So one thing that we know is that who one sees oneself to be, which is what we really call gender. So I see myself to be female. I happen to be biologically female. That's my gender. It lines up with my, you know, birth sex. Um, you see yourself to be female. You happen to be biologically female. Okay, that's your gender. Separate from that is who rings our bell, right? Mm -hmm. So I, too, identify as straight. Um, but that also, right, in terms of sexual orientation, just like gender turns on a, occurs on a continuum, and we'll come back to that, sexual orientation occurs on a continuum, and it can be fluid. So um, you are attracted to men. I am attracted to men. I'm married to a man. Um, can I see a beautiful woman? And feel something that's like in the neighborhood of attraction. Yeah. Like I can. Like I can see a beautiful woman and be like, oh mm -hmm. my gosh, she's so pretty. I want to yeah. look at her. Absolutely. And I think, do I want to kiss her? No, it doesn't go there for me. But I'm aware. And I think most people, there are very few people who are 100% straight and 100% gay. Mm -hmm. um, and also people move around in their lifetime. So there mm -hmm. are people who like date women in college and then they marry men. Okay, let's say this is a woman. Was she never gay? No, it's all part of an evolving sexual identity. So so it's also, um, there's so many moving parts. And I think that's why it becomes so complicated. 
evolving sexual identity. That's it's something that just stands out. So what does it mean, Lisa, to question it, right? Because initially, I think how a lot of parents may react, oh, she's hanging out with the wrong crowd. Got to get her out of her. Well, that, okay, so this exactly gets to the process versus outcome, right? So the parent might be like, okay, outcome, I don't want it going down this road. I'm going to try to get it off this road. That is an outcome-driven approach for the parent, which in a situation like this is probably not going to go well. And the reason I say situation like this is the kid has all the power. At the end of the day, the kid has all the power. And certainly around a gender identity, the kid should have all the power. But if a parent decides they're going to drive this, like I want it to go down this road, and it's a different road than my kid has said that he or she feels themselves to be on, now you're walking into a huge power struggle, which is not where you want to be. Um, so let's think about how to stay away from that. But like, I just want to come back on that idea of gender identity being fluid. Mm-hmm. When we talk about kids, you know, and the various like outcomes I've seen, another outcome I've seen is kids who have a time and maybe, you know, around 14 where they're like, maybe I'm more masculine than I realized. You know, and I want to I want to take a walk around that neighborhood. And then they're in that neighborhood for a while. And then they're like, OK, now I feel done with that neighborhood. And I'm into a different neighborhood of gender identity where I actually feel more feminine than I thought I was. That's the problem is, um, you know, as a parent, you're thinking, child, you are 14. You do not know what you want. Right. You're developing. No. And you want to shut it down. Well, I think it's OK. So but that's so interesting. Like those those two like that jump from kiddo this outcome is unclear to I want to shut it down, right? Like that's actually, it's the first place we can hang out in. And I think we can actually help this mom and her kiddo come back together. It's the, I want to shut it down. That's going to create the great, um, the great wedge between this mom and this child. So, because the other possibility that I've seen is that in the search for identity, which if you think about like a time when kiddos are searching for identity, right, 13, 14, and especially mm-hmm. in a virtual world where it's so hard to feel connected, I've absolutely seen kids who their friendship group that starts to become available to them, the questioning of gender is very much a norm within that friendship group. And so then the child adopts that norm. And then as friendships evolve and change, that falls away and the gender questions fall away too, right? So this mm. could go so many different directions. But Lisa, in this letter, she's talking about chest binding. That yeah. This, you know, daughter wants to bind her chest. Yeah. And and I, how do you, and I'm sure there are some children who might want to take hormones or, or, you know, do certain things. And as a parent, when you know they are still developing and to commit to that, how do you wrestle that? Well, it's interesting because that word commit, right? So in some ways, chest binding, you could change your mind tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so that's more straightforward in some ways for parents because, you know, it, it's not a big commitment, whereas something like hormones could feel like a bigger commitment. But so these are all so thorny. So if we go with the idea of you can't really drive the outcome, it gets really thorny really fast, you want to go to process. Okay, so what's the process? Like, how is a parent supposed to be in this mm-hmm. moment to try to um, stay close to a kid and 
um, not alienate a child. And one of the things that I've really come to learn about teenagers is they really respect total honesty. Like they really respect total transparency. So on any super thorny, oh my gosh, I'm not sure what to do. I don't want to alienate my kid moment in parenting, which happens a lot. My advice to be, to parents might be try thinking out loud in front of your kid. Try thinking out loud for them to hear what you yourself are struggling with. Hmm. So what do you mean by that, thinking out loud? Like it's okay to process it with your child as you go? I think so. I think so. Oh. So if I imagine this mom, the kinds of things I could picture her saying might be something like, okay, I feel really torn. Part of me doesn't want to seem to be any less than supportive, right? Part of me wants to back you in anything and in no way seem to be diminishing or doubting, especially around something as precious as one's gender identity. The other part of me uh, just found out about this Mm -hmm. and is a little Mm -hmm. bit surprised. Mm -hmm. And maybe you've been thinking about this for a while, but it's really new to me. And um, as your mom, like your gender is not a minor issue in my universe. And like, I need a minute. Yeah. Right. Or the parent could say, look, I, I will support you all the way, wherever this process takes you. That is true. And side by side with that, I know, and I suspect you kiddo know that to Be unconventional in one's gender in today's society still is going to make your life harder, is potentially very dangerous for you, right? People are, can you know, lethal force against people who are transgender. And as someone who loves you down to the marrow, it's pretty unsettling for me to get this news that you're thinking in this direction because... Your security and safety in the world means more to me than anything. Mm. So don't mistake my hesitation, doubt, worry for not validating you. It's me thinking out loud or me being in touch with the meaning of what you're saying. That's interesting. So maybe that, I mean, I I just felt this mom when she says, how do I go back to just a four weeks ago where we had that warmth, you know, I, we want to, I want to go back to that place, but you're thinking, you're saying to me, sometimes processing it with them and letting them know that you're openly processing it can help. I think it can. And I also think, you know, 14 year olds are pretty sophisticated thinkers usually, or they are becoming very sophisticated thinkers. So they can usually step up to this idea of like, look, kiddo, like this is complicated right? and I'm not yeah. going to simplify it. What's hard with kids sometimes, especially on the younger side of adolescence, is they do want to oversimplify it. They're like, either you're with me or against me. You know, I have declared this. You're being unsupportive. And I think where parents don't want to go is to fall into that kid's um, are you on my team or are you not on my team, right? Because yeah. it's not like that. It's like, well, of course I'm on your team, but like, kiddo, like, yeah, yeah. this is big. And another thing that we can say in these moments, and this expands to all sorts of dilemmas in parenting, is we can say, well, wouldn't it be weird if I were like, okay, whatever, mm-hmm. that's cool. Uh, you want to go buy he? Okay, uh, what do you want for lunch? Like, wouldn't it be weird if I didn't wow. 
yeah. sit with this huh. and think about it and like try to weigh the implications. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back on the Ask Lisa podcast. I was recently watching an interview of the wife of a world leader. And in the middle of the interview, she reaches over to pull her bra strap up. And I thought, boy, this is something all women everywhere are struggling with. This is why I absolutely love Honey Love. I have the crossover bra, which is just so functional, but it feels so good on. I feel like I've got the support without feeling like I've got this heavy duty bra on. I've been through all the bras. The elastic wears out, the underwire pinches into your skin. You have to hand wash some. You can only wash them this type of detergent. And I just wanted something that takes out all the fuss and will support me day in and day out. Honey Love's not just supporting women, it's empowering women. So treat yourself to the best bra on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash askalisa. You can use our exclusive link to get 20% off. That's honeylove.com slash askalisa to find your perfect fit. And after you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. We hope you support the show and tell them Askalisa sent you. Honeys, you deserve this. Free the pain and discomfort and keep the support with Honey Love. I'm all for healthy habits, but I don't trust quick fixes. This is why I love Daily Harvest. They take all of the work out of eating well, and all I have to do is enjoy. Daily Harvest makes it so easy for me to eat in the nutritious and delicious ways that I like. They take the planning, the prep, the cleanup out of cooking, and they deliver meals that are packed with vegetables and fruits straight to my door. The other thing I love about them is that it's not the same old boring meals. I love their dragon fruit and lime smoothie. I also love their butternut squash and rosemary soup. They also have this wonderful herb squash and asparagus risotto. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com slash asklisa to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com slash asklisa for $30 off your first box and free shipping. dailyharvest.com slash asklisa. So I'm really starting to feel it in my mid-40s, just how much stress, hormone fluctuation, and the lack of sleep can really affect the way your skin looks, from dry skin to dark spots and acne. This is why I love One Skin. They can really help. They've got a simple skincare routine that tackles skin issues at the cellular level. I love that this is an all-women team of scientists. One Skin's developed a proprietary peptide called OS1 that's scientifically validated to actually improve the health of your skin beneath the surface. No irritation, no complicated multi-step routine. It's so simple. I really have felt the difference in how my face looks after using this product. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company by focusing on the cellular aspect of aging. One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. So get started today. Try it out with 15% off using the code AskLisa at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code AskLisa. And after your purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them the Ask Lisa podcast sent you. Welcome back to the Ask Lisa podcast. So Lisa, do you feel that kids, by kids I mean, you know, like teens right now, see this in an easier way than adults do? Like, I feel like we grapple with this in a much harder way. I think that's right. I think that's right. And one of the words that caught my ear in the letter was the mom feeling embarrassed. Embarrassed, Embarrassed yes. about this. And And when I heard that, I thought, okay, well, this is really interesting because what I have noted is there's a big divide generationally 
between how parents see um, unconventional gender and how kids see it. Yeah. Um, kids, it's kind of actually amazing to me how much of a distinction there is. But kids are like way more relaxed mm. about all this than yeah. parents are. Even parents who see themselves to be very liberal and progressive. Um, so on both gender identity and sexual orientation, kids I know in the younger generation, they're like, yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, this kiddo's going by they, them, you know, like, yeah. okay. Like they, and then they just like, they move on quite quickly. Or um, I love this. One of my really dear friends has um, her very straight son who was a college athlete. Um, she said to me in, in sort of having a conversation about like how different the younger generation's um, take on all of these things is than sometimes the parents' generation. She said, so it wasn't until like several months in to rooming with his freshman roommate that my son happened to mention that his roommate was gay. It just, she said it was such a non-issue issue for yeah. him. Yeah. And and she said, not that we care either, but just like, that just would have been a thing when we were in college. Yeah. And it's just not a thing yeah. um, for kids today in the same way. So one, one hopefully maybe point of ease for this mother is to know that, all right, you may have your own um, worries about how this is going to play at Thanksgiving um, with your relatives. And so, you know, we have to think that through perhaps. But um, in terms of worrying that your, um, I'll call her your daughter, um, is somehow, you know, harming herself socially or doing, you know, pigeonholing herself into a position she cannot possibly get out of, actually, I wouldn't worry about that so much. You know, I mean, mm. I, I, that is less of an issue for Because I feel like that was like uh, one of the biggest issues in this. I want to ask you, though, you know, it's amazing, like the point that we're at, because, you know, President Biden has nominated Dr. Rachel Levine to be Assistant Secretary of Health, who is openly transgender and will be one of the first openly transgender federal officials to be confirmed by the, by the U.S. Senate. You're seeing more examples, I think, which is, is really important. But I, I want to step back for a second and actually talk about sexual orientation. Mm -hmm. What if your child comes out and, and says, or you might think potentially your child is gay? What should you do? That's also, I mean, I love these questions because they're so hard. Um, so here's what I've done as a parent. I've actually worked with the premise that I don't know who my daughters are going to love. And I've worked with that premise for a really long time, and I think in part just because of the work I do. I, I'm, I'm, I think about these things in terms of where I've seen them go awry. And so um, one thing I've done as a parent from the earliest days, I don't know, do you ever do this with your kids where like you talk about their future marriages or their weddings or like, yeah. you, know, like yes. you know how sometimes kids do that? They're like, when I get married, we're going to have 14 dogs, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so when when those conversations have come up, I've always said, oh, well, maybe your spouse is going to have some opinion on this, you know, or maybe your partner yeah. is going to have a point of I view. I say partner, yes. Yeah. yeah. So I don't ever say husband. And I've never, like, said to them, do you notice how I don't say husband? I mean, like, yeah. I just sort of, like, yeah. you know, just say, yeah, maybe maybe the person you're with is going to have some ideas about this, too. Because I've, I've, I'm so aware of kids I've cared for in my practice who, have, you know, are gay, have known themselves to be gay, and for whom coming out to their parents was made harder by the presumption of heterosexuality, which is, you know, an overriding presumption in our culture. Um, and so so that's a place to start. 
I guess then, you know, anytime, if we think about that moment of a kid coming out to parents, right, there's like 400 contextual variables at work. So one is, you know, how the parents themselves feel about homosexuality, you know, and there's a diverse array on that. Another is how surprised the parents are. Because there are plenty of parents who are like, we, we know, <laughs> we know, right? right? Like, it's, right. they're like, we've known for a really long time. Um, versus parents who are like, oh, you know, okay. And and I guess, again, I would not, like, you can't drive that outcome. You cannot drive that outcome as a parent. Don't try to drive that outcome. Go to process, go to process. And by go to process, to the degree that you're conflicted, lay it on the table. Just lay it on the table. Mm-hmm. Just say, Be you know, we've known for a long time, or wow, we're kind of surprised, or okay, and we'll support you all the way, and wow, um, we love you so much and we worry that this is a complexity and a wrinkle that um, is coming into your life or has maybe been part of your life for a long time. And like, we're here to support you, but we're aware that this is something that is not altogether straightforward in our country and not altogether easy in our country. You know, I mean, just to lay it out and lay it out, but um, move out of the position of a parent of like, I need to know how this is supposed to come out, and I need to get it there. Mm. Which is where we all want to go instantly, like you want it resolved. But I want to ask you, um, you know, what if you don't know? What if you just have no clue whether your child is gay or straight? What? How do you play it that way? So the kid has come out, but you're like, "Eh, I'm not so sure. Or or, or what if they haven't come out? You have your doubts, but you want to be supportive. What can parents do when you're just unsure? Hey, this child could be gay or could be straight. I I don't know. Um, love them like crazy. <laughs> I, just, I just think like you know, it's more about like showing them what love should look like, right? Mm. And so whoever they end up loving or whoever they end up choosing, like just use your parent-child relationship mm. to show them that love is respectful and decent and you know incredibly kind, and the conflict is handled in a really healthy way. And if they happen to, you know, land on having love with someone who's of the same sex or the opposite sex, like that's really what you want, right? Yeah. Is that they understand how relationships work. Wow. But I would, um, there, there's an interesting thing, like I would just, you know, aim to be close with a kiddo and lay out your thinking and your conflict, you know, in a really earnest and honest way. And here's something that's really interesting. When I was, um, when I was researching under, Untangled, actually, a long time ago, I came across this research finding that really stayed with me around kids coming out to their parents and um, it's sometimes being quite a bit harder when the parent and child are very close because the child is that much more fearful of damaging oh, the relationship. Interesting. That much more fearful of the parent's response. Whereas if the parent and child are sort of already, you know, kind of distant or at odds, it's there's less at stake. Oh, interesting. Can I just say, Lisa, before we wrap it up, the other thing that stood out in this letter, single mom. single mom because an only child with an only child what's your advice to folks who are parenting alone both dads and moms because we've got a lot of dads that also listen to this podcast we never want you guys to feel isolated we're grateful for you as well what do you say to single parents especially in this pandemic oh my lord um okay so first of all there should be medals for being a single parent (laughs) and especially for being a single parent of a teenager because what is when, when I work clinically, in terms of like when I think about like what are the most excruciating scenarios I've seen, to be the single parent of a kid who's mad at you or a kid you're at odds with, like this mom and this kiddo are, it is brutal. You are in the house together. 
that kid is snarky or angry or dark with you and you have no one (laughs) who you can go into your bedroom and who's like, it's okay, it's okay, I've got you. Um, And it just, oh, it is so hard. And... um, and sometimes, you know, and so the, even the only child piece, like, sometimes the other kid is still liking you. And so yeah, you can take comfort in right. that. True. So, okay, so what would I say? So um, if you are a single parent, like, oh, we love you and we are sending our love and support your way and you deserve all the medals in the world. Um, if you know a single parent, when did you call them lately and say, how are you? And do you need any parenting backup or just someone to yeah. tell you you're great? And then tell them how awesome their kid is. Tell them how awesome their kid is. Because that's the other thing that's really fun sometimes about having a partner is that you can be like, oh, my God, the kids are really awesome right now. And you can share that. And um, and so I think if you're like, oh, I got to tell you, I saw, you know, your your son on the playground the other day and a kiddo fell down and everybody else ran away. And your son was the kid Mm. who um, stopped and asked him if he was all right. Like, I, I. I just, I was blown away by what your kid did. I mean, things like that, like, do that. Don't hold that back. It's so important to say that and to hear that. We all love to hear that, right? When it's genuine. And every episode, I learned so much from you as your friend and co-host. Well, I, I am so blown away by the intimacy of the questions. Yeah. We are being, um, I'm going to say blessed with. Yeah, I mean, I, that, that I, I am just so um, honored that we have parents trusting us with their hearts. Mm. Which is a big step to take. Yeah. Very yeah. big step. And so thank you, parents. You know, you mentioned Untangled. And so for this week, we're all about throwing resources at parents. We're going to throw an amazing resource. Our book giveaway is Untangled. Should we do it? Should we give away let's, Untangled? Let's give away your book. I give it to people, you know, before you and I even started this podcast, because it is like a Bible. Everybody should read it. (laughs) So Untangled came out in 2016, which now feels like a lifetime ago. And it's the subtitle is um, Guiding Teenage Girls Through the Seven Transitions into Adulthood. But here's what I hear all the time. 80% applies to boys. True. And and what I do in that book is I lay out the developmental passages of um, being a teenager and actually in Untangled. I spend time on um, a, a story of a family whose daughter was coming out to them and they were struggling with how to oh, think it wow, through. Right. So um, I'll do three signed copies. Um, I'll, I'll sign them and mail them. How, does the, how do we do the giveaway, Rena? So all you have to do is follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Ask Lisa Podcast, tag a friend, leave a comment on Instagram or Facebook or both. And you can enter as many times as you like, enter as many people as you want, but you have to be a U.S. resident for now. But even if you aren't, leave us a post if you're from another country, because we might have to open it up internationally at some point. Um, And then we'll let you know on Instagram and Facebook who the winners are. And it'll be open until our next podcast comes out, which is the following Tuesday. All right. So what do you have for us for Parenting to Go? So um, I... I'm going to quote a writer named Lisa Selen Davis, who wrote a book called Tomboy um, that I recently reviewed for the New York Times Book Review. And it's just about, you know, gender in girls and um, how we've thought about it both historically and also currently. And um, she said something in the book that I just thought was so right on. She said, the only way to do gender wrong 
is to tell someone else they're doing gender wrong. Mm. And I thought, well, that just is exactly down to the nub of it. Um, so I would just say is we think it through as parents and watch our kids figure out what it means to do gender. And as kids come home to us and talk about other kids figuring out what it means to do gender, I think let's just steer clear of um, telling someone they're doing it wrong. Great advice. Such great advice. Thank you so much, Lisa. See you next week. I'll see you next week. And a reminder, listeners, you can always send us your questions or comments to asklisa at drlisademore.com. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Ask Lisa podcast so you get the episodes just as soon as they drop. And send us your questions to asklisa at drlisademore.com. And now a word from our lawyers. The advice provided on this podcast does not constitute or serve as a substitute for professional psychological treatment, therapy, or other types of professional advice or intervention. If you have concerns about your child's well-being, consult a physician or mental health professional. If you're looking for additional resources, check out Lisa's website at drlisademore.com. We'll see you next week. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.